Locked and Loaded. The Industry 45 Show with host Shane Christopher Neal. All right, Industry 45, uh, GiantFM.com. Just a reminder, each and every Saturday night, uh, you can check out my classic rock radio show, 70s at 7, 80s at 8, Rockin' House Party between 9 and midnight. And, of course, you can access all the podcasts at GiantFM.com, Country89.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, on the line right now, Kenneth Bryan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Like you've been all over the country, eh? Like you, we were talking uh, just before this started, you're in Florida. But... Um, where did your journey begin? Because I know that you wrote a lot of the music when you were in California, but you traveled kind of all over the place. Where Where were you born and raised? I was born in Virginia on the coast, like in a, outside of Richmond at a place called Cobbs Creek. And we moved to uh, uh, down to Gainesville, Florida when I was 10. Before that, uh, a little bit in West Virginia, a little bit in Alabama, and uh, where my folks are from. And uh, so basically grew up in uh, in north florida here in the swamp since i was about 10 years old and really great place to grow up musically a lot of uh you know tom petty is from here skinner's the allman brothers uh two of the guys from the eagles Bo diddley i mean there's all kinds of people from this area so it was a big area for music growing up so those were obviously some of your influences but this uh new album keys to the kingdom uh, you wrote it when you were living in Florida, or rather in, in California. Were you living out in Malibu or just visiting there? Yeah, or? I was, well, the last six years I lived in California, I, I moved out to, I lived in Hollywood Hills and in this old crazy house on stilts. And then I was in uh, West Hollywood, right behind that club, The Whiskey, and then ended up living in a little place out in Malibu. And, uh, we lived out there for about a year and then one of those wildfires came through and took the whole shebang out and our house burned down and it was just kind of, I had like sort of a magical experience out there and then I had a sort of like a, you know, a double punch. You know? yeah. And uh, so all of that sort of made it into the record. Um, just the feel of, of uh, just sort of the magic out there and getting to work with some of my heroes and then all the stuff that happened with the fire and having to, you know, deal with all that. And it, made, it definitely made it its way into a, uh, into this record, man, for sure. You know, I've, a different feel. I've always been a, a big fan of, of California. I have gone to the uh, Whiskey and the Rainbow uh, a few times. In fact, I was filming uh, some TV out there like four years ago and making some stops at uh, all the famous rock and roll places. And uh, I went to Dukes in Malibu. That was that was great. I, yeah, I enjoyed Dukes. that. Yeah, that's awesome. We uh, live just further down, like, you know, well, it's called Point Doom, and uh, just at the bottom of Canaan, if you're coming from, like, L.A., Gore Hills, and, yeah, it was great living out there. We had a little place that, you know, wasn't, those places out there are so ridiculously expensive and stuff, and we weren't in one of those. We were just sort of in one of these old guest houses, and it was very cool, man, living out there. And just the whole vibe, it's very laid back, and, you know, you see Martin Sheen at the grocery store. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I said, you know, during... COVID, I, I was talking to my mom here in, in Gainesville, and I, I sent her a sign. I said, this, the worst problem we got in this neighborhood right now is this, and I sent her a sign to the grocery store that said, no paparazzi allowed. <laughs> and it was, so, kind of like an alternate reality from where, I, from where I grew up, man. But it was neat living out there, and met a lot of really cool people, a lot of great musicians live out there. and Just really laid back kind of vibe. You know, it's just, uh, the weather has changed so much, where, you know, unfortunately, have all these you know, fires and things, and it's a whole nother, like having a whole nother job. So 
Yeah, no, I, I totally hear you there. Now, you mentioned Tom Petty, and uh, the pre-production on your album was done in L.A. by Steve Ferroni, who is a long-time or was a long-time drummer for, for Tom Petty, yeah. right? So so how did you connect with Steve? I mean, I've always been a big fan. I'm a drummer myself. always been a big fan of Tom Petty and, and Steve's playing, oh, you know, so. Steve is one of the only greatest drummers that ever lived. I've always been really blessed to be around great drummers. Hunt Sills from Iggy Pop played with me for a while. Um, I got to hang out with Jack Irons from Pearl Jam and uh, the Chili Peppers when I was out there. But Steve and Mike Campbell did the, the pre-production, getting the first like four or five songs together at Steve's little studio. And I met him. Me and my buddy were literally at Starbucks in Studio City out there. We were staying at the Williams house. We went to go get some coffee, and we ran into Steve. I mean, just crazy, right? It only happens in L.A. He invited us to get a little get-together, and Ferroni was there. And uh, I couldn't believe it, you know. And we became friends, and he started playing with me. And he introduced me to the rest of the Heartbreakers and Tom and, and ended up playing with me and working with me. And he still does, um, you know. Um, if he's not, he's out with John Mayer right now. Right. Um, but he'll, you know, he'll fly out and do a festival or something. And I was just on his radio show the other day on Telepity Radio. It was, it was really cool, man. It's just, he's just one of those generous people. And, I mean, just the, the kick drum. When you're playing with him, it's like laying on a big feather bed or something, you know? Yeah, very nice. I mean, he's a great drummer. Yeah, you know, I was talking to somebody else. uh, I'm trying to think who it was because it goes back a while now, who also had Steve uh, involved in his project. I was trying to get an interview with him for a long time because I, I tend to interview more drummers than anything, just being a drummer, uh, whether it's in country yeah. or, or, or rock or whatnot, but uh, always been a big fan of his. So tell me about the album took you five. Should, you should interview him. You, I should, well, you're going to have to hook me up because I don't know how to reach him. We'll so. hook you up. We'll hook you up with, with Brownie and with, with all those guys. You can do the, you can do the uh, drummer trio interview. <laughs> that'd, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So the, the album yeah. took five years. Is that right? And why, why did it take so long? <laughs> oh no, it, it took about a week to record. Oh, okay. Well, it just yeah, said here it, that it took yeah. songs that you've been writing for five years though. Yeah, it was, I put out an album called with lions uh, in 2017. And then I was playing, touring on that, playing on that and living out in LA. I wrote these songs during that time. And we recorded this album and, 2000 and late 2019 almost 2020 and we're going to put it out and then COVID happened and so that turned into you know in between albums it was you know longer than than we'd expected because you know I mean last year I think putting out albums was the last thing on most working people's minds you know was you know the first the first thing on somebody's mind was not buying an album so right yeah we just decided to wait and and uh, so that's why it took that. It, it, it took the time it took, but it was nice to have the time during the whole pandemic thing to, to be able to fine tune and mix. And, and we had more time to do that than usual, but the actual recording, man, we did that in like four days. It was only two or three takes on songs. Um, and I went back and re sang the vocals, but we like to try to get it as live feeling as possible. I was going to ask you that because I did see that here. Now for me as a drummer, I like, the live feel and taking as much as we can from that, that one take or two takes, you know, as opposed to laying down different tracks and then listening to them. And I, I like the live off the floor and I'm glad to see that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That you kind of did that. That That's very cool. Well, that, Go ahead. It's kind of the whole, the whole, uh, you know, I mean, not just Southern rock, but the whole Southern thing where it's by limitation or other reasons, we, you know, early on the music was all pretty much done. Uh, in a live way. And when I worked with Johnny Sterling in North Alabama, 
great producer from the Allman Brothers. Um, I was with him for many years. He would spend an hour getting a snare sound for a song, and then everything else was wrong, you know. And so I learned how to do that from him and sort of see the capture lightning in a bottle sort of thing. And, and I think that's how you get your best uh, performance. You know. I, t- I totally agree with that. You've you've shared the stage with some great people like Leonard Skinner, um, you know, ZZ Top, who, by the way, just announced that they were playing Falls View Casino on May the 6th. I will be at that show to see ZZ nice. Top. I'm a big fan of the band. Um, you know, I wish the, the the original lineup was here, but but it's, you know, it is what it is Man, right now. And But I, I have never seen ZZ Top. Greatest, yeah. yeah, I've never seen ZZ Billy's Top. We did a bunch of shows with them, and they are the coolest people. Billy's like the coolest guy ever. He's like rocket science is smart, man. Like, hey, they can't stand up these things about that guy. And I uh, took the time to like hang out, and he walks around like we did a show in San Francisco with him. He's just walking around like himself, you know, like dressed like himself. Like, you know, like, Billy, you all right? He said, oh, yeah, I'm going to the dollar store. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and Dusty was like the greatest guy ever, man, and I'm so that he passed, and 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 but Elwood, um, I believe, is playing bass, which was Billy yeah. Gibbons' guitar check, and he's been, right. with he's been with them. He's been with them for twenty five, thirty years or something. And and so it's it, it's the, you know, Dustin wanted them to go on. He wanted them to keep doing it. They wouldn't have done it if he if he didn't want them to do it. So that's what they're doing. So tell me about the uh, the single "Falling Again," um, and we're going to play that too today. But uh, yeah, talk talk about that. That's something that I. You know, I got a couple of lines one day, um, you know, the lyrics and I wrote them down and then, you know, about a week later I had a melody in my head and it just sort of all came together. And, um, you know, it's pretty straightforward, powerful rocker kind of song and real raw. And when I bring it into Steve Froney and Mike Campbell, we sort of, uh, we worked on it for a while and Mike came up with like a little guitar line that I sort of expanded on and, and it just sort of came together easy, man. So I, when they you know, like, what song do you want to do as a single? I said, you know, let's just do that one and see what happens with it. And I'm really happy with how the whole thing it sounds like people playing music. It sounds like rock and roll, you know? It really does. And I played, um, I got the album sent to me and and I played a, a bunch of the tracks and just it, what a great sound and I really like you know it is southern rock it is Americana uh, it is rock and roll it's got all of those flavors in there and when I went back to do some research I realized that um, you're not a spring chicken at doing this uh, you've been around the block a little no. bit <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm 41 man and so I've been and I've been out on the road for you know since I was like in my teens, man, and and so I, you know, Nashville and Austin, and you know, I was a writer in Nashville, and I was in the theater playing in Austin. And I've just been on the road forever, and uh, and you know, I still love it, man. I love it like I did when I first picked up. You know, some, some, just, something yeah. else I like about you is that um, not only just writing the albums and, and the singles and going playing live, but you've got a number of songs like in TV and movies and stuff like that. And I think a lot of artists forget about that avenue uh, as a revenue stream and as a way to get your music out there. Yeah, in this day and age where you don't get paid much for music anymore because of streaming and all that, it's a way to, uh, you know, to make some money. I didn't try to get any of those, uh, to happen. I didn't have anybody working it, but there were songs that I, that I had out already that, um, that I got two coming out from my album with lines that are in, you know, uh, Paradise. Um, it's just a, it just sort of happened. I mean, I always think it's sort of happened. There's a way that you can 
testimony come coming in. And it's just cool that, you know, you're watching the movie and your song comes on and you're like, wow. And, uh, I, you know, when I was growing up, that wasn't the thing. I mean, I feel the kids now are just starting to realize this stuff. And, you know, it's hard for them to make money selling music. I read a big thing about it. And I hope they are, man. I, hope they, I really hope they are. I know vinyl is a big thing. It's only sort of niche, you know, a niche market, but it'd be great if people had something to hold in the hands again and for the artist as well. Absolutely. It says here, Kenneth Bryan is a Southern rock tour de force, and I love it. Uh, Fallen again. <laughs> I love it. Let's play it right now, right here in Industry 45 Show. Uh-huh. 